Welcome to Chatting Buddies, everyone. On this podcast, I will be talking to my friend Max and my girlfriend Mandy about different subjects on my Google News feed. Today, we will be discussing Aquaman 2, Spider-Man 3, and for our fellow wrestling fans, we will be analysing what happened in TLC. So, Max, Aquaman 2 is reportedly darker than the original. Do you think darker sequels have been done too often since Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back? Not really, because we need dark movies of the comics, because if we have a more kid-friendly, we're just going to see the superheroes as pushovers when, if we revert back to the origins of the comics, they're pretty much dark anyway, so it's nice to see them put in a live-action movie. True. What's your take on it, Mandy? Uh, I think it's good to have darkness in, in them because uh, you've got a variety of audience. Uh, it's no good just having all light and fluffy for children. Uh, you need to make it. You need to make it right for the adults as well, so the adults will enjoy it, and you'll get more viewers. And I feel that um, life is not all fluffy and light anyway. Life is. You can have some depressing days and some down days in life. So yeah, it, it's good to show. Uh, the dark side as well as the good side, I think. Mm, I agree. I also think it's good to have the right balance, yeah. Because um, life isn't all negativity either. You know, there, there's some good moments as well, some fun moments, some funny moments. So, I think if you get the right balance of light and dark, if you like, then it feels more true to life. Yeah. What do you think, Max? As long as there's a consistency for adults and the kids, it makes for a good movie. Nice. So, do you think Aquaman 2 should be kept lighter considering the absurdity of his character? Basically, an under-the-sea Dr. Doolittle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not really, because we all know from the kids... He talks to the the sea life anyway, but for the adults, it should just be kept at bay a little bit because we know he's Aquaman. We know he can talk to the fishes and everything else, but doing it on screen for a long period of time is just ridiculous. What do you think, Mandy? Uh, uh. I feel it's better for both ages to have, um, I think it'd be good for both ages that there's there's a variety and it's not just all fluffy and light, Uh, there's a dark side, I mean and the thing is as well, kids are growing up in this world so they've got to learn that there's there's bad sides of life as well as good sides and I think it's a good bit of an education for them as well. That is a very good point actually. Because I, I think in this day and age, some kids are too sheltered. It's like, oh, let's mm. let's not show kids the darker side of life because they'll be traumatised for life. And actually, I, mean, I don't think you should show them terrible things that do traumatise them. Oh, no. But 
just glimpses of things. I mean, that, that's why fairy tales are so good, because they're quite dark. Yeah. And they kind of, that sense of threat or danger, um, you know, it... it because it's a story, so it's not dangerous, literally, then that's a safe way of saying, actually, here's a little glimpse of just how things really can be out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. What do you think, Max? Well, there are movies that do that. You've got The Lion King, when Simba's dad dies. You've got Bambi, where his mum dies. And then you got water, water rabbit down. Got water ship down. Yeah. Mm. Those those ones basically just say to kids, "This is life. This is what happens. We're not sugarcoating it for you." Yeah, I think if if children are too hidden from the reality. And challenges and even dangers of life, it's actually has a detrimental effect. I mean, I think that's what causes anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. We've just got onto a really deep subject now rather than films, but it's a very valid point. Um, Bringing it back to a lighter note, I think it's also another good reason to keep it a little darker is. Because Aquaman used to be quite ridiculed in the past, he he was like the ridiculous character that no one wanted to dress up as, like in Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I said, oh, I'm stuck with Aquaman. <laughs> um, so there is that risk of if you make it light or too light, it will become like that ridiculous Aquaman people don't like. So making it a bit darker and edgier would prevent that from happening. That's my take on things. Mm. Right, moving on to Spider-Man 3. There has been talk that Spider-Man 3 is going to have a multiverse storyline where all three of the Spider-Man actors will come together in the same film. What are your thoughts on this? I think it would be good to see see it played out as a live a live movie between the three actors because we we've seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse animated cartoon type but it'd be it'd be good to see them actually the proper characters and the actors come back instead of getting replacement ones in. Yeah, having people reprise their roles keeps a kind of continuity to it. So that's a good point. Have you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, I think Andy. it'd be good to have all three of them together because um, they'll all have their own personalities. They won't be the same. And I think as well that it would make the film more interesting because I think it would be like pers- personality clash. And I think that, you know, because they're all going to be different, they all have their own little ways and what have you, they're not, they're not going to agree. And I think that's quite fun mm. to have in a film. 
Yeah, I like the idea of there being conflict between them. Yeah. And that will affect how they deal with the bad guys. Yeah. So that would be an interesting storyline. Mm. But the, the question is, would he bring alive Miles Morales into it? How would that work? Because it being like the, the multiverse, like in Spider-Man Into the Multiverse, mm. you had... Peter P. Parker, and then you had the Miles Morales Black Spider-Man. So I think somewhere in that, he'll try incorporate him or give him his own live movie. But then you've also got to think, are they going to find some way of putting Spider-Man 2099 in, like you see on the end credits of the Into the Multiverse? Or Spider-Verse. It would be very weird if the Miles character was animated like in his film <laughs> and it would be like bedknobs and broomsticks or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that that's um, real actors in animation. So, so that actually, I'm thinking more along the lines of um, Roger Rabbit, who played Roger Rabbit, when they actually had cartoons in a... What are those films called? Normal films. There's a word for it, isn't there? Animation? No, no, I talked about with real actors. It's There's a name for those types of films, isn't there? Yeah, but I can't think what it is. Well, yeah. In Who Found Roger Rabbit, there were cartoons in the film with normal actors. So it would be very weird if there was an animated character in a normal film. <laughs> I don't think that... I think what they really should do is, if they were to bring that character into it, it would have to be a proper actor. Who who would you cast as him? That's a difficult one, because there's too many people out there that could fit that role. Well, how old is the character? He's not. He's not that old. He's in like in his his high school, so about sixteen, seventeen. Hmm. Have to be a young black actor. Can you think of anybody? Not off the top of my head. Interesting idea, though. Hmm. We'll have to see if it happens. Is there anything you want to add? No, that's about it. Andy? No. No? Okay. Moving on from Spider-Man 3, for all the wrestling fans listening, what are your thoughts, Max, on the TLC results? Well, if we do it match by match. Mm -hmm. So it was McIntyre versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. There was a good flow between them. There were parts where you kind of thought the other person was going to win. But towards the end, you knew Drew was going to win it. It's his first TLC. He's not going to lose it. Just gonna drag it out for as long as long 
as they want to. And then to have the Miz come in, it's like, okay, now we've got a situation now. We've got more three of them up on the ladder fighting for the title. But in the end, we found out it's going to be Drew anyway, so it wasn't wasn't too much of a shock. Yeah, for me, um, I'm glad they made it a triple threat match when he cashed in his money in the bank um, because if he'd waited till the end, it would have been too easy for him to beat who had ever won because they would be exhausted from the match. So to make it a triple threat made it much more exciting to watch. What do you think, Mandy? Uh, yeah, it was a very exciting match. Uh, I was very impressed with Drew McIntyre, like I've said, uh, especially when he injured his leg and he hopped up on the ladders, which was, to me, was quite amazing, really. Uh, but it was a good match and it was it was very close coming uh, to the end. So you didn't know who was going to win it because it was kind of, near enough a draw for a match at one point. It was very close. And it was very jaw-clenching. Uh, and then... Um, but it was obvious in the end that Drew McIntyre were going to win that win that trophy, win that belt, which was really exciting. What would you say it was obvious? Because um, I could see it was the strongest one. I could see the weakest link and the strongest one. He was definitely the toughest of the wrestlers. Yeah, he was. Uh, for me, I see I see that match, or at least matches between AJ Styles and um, Drew McIntyre. It's very much like a modern Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels kind of match. Because Drew McIntyre... Um, to me, has the same kind of style, same kind of person as The Undertaker. Now, Mandy's not agreeing with me, I can see from her face. Uh, I know there can never be a, a new Undertaker because he's just un, unreplaceable. He certainly is. However, I think Drew McIntyre is, is as close as you can get to him at the moment. Mm. And AJ Styles is as close as you can get to Shawn Michaels at the moment. So for me, that made it really exciting as well. What's your comments, Mandy? Because I can see you want to um, say something. I disagree on that. There could never be another Undertaker. Well, like I said, that he's irreplaceable. However, Drew McIntyre is as close as you're going to get to him at the moment. Mm, I don't agree on that. Fair enough. What do you think, Max? I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> You're sitting on the fence. It's not pointy, is it? Because that might hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sasha versus Carmella. It was good from the get-go. But as I got on it, kind of drawn out a bit because... Carmella's champagne pour tried to get involved a couple of times. 
And after about five minutes, she knew Sasha was going to retain it because she only just recently won it. So for Kamala to come back and just go, you know what, I want a title shot. I'll win it at TLC. It's like over the hill and far away. <coughs> Manny, what did you think of Carmella's new look? It was different. I won't say I was excited about it. Well, you wouldn't be, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> Some people might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all right. I think it could have been better, though. Her new look? Well, yeah, because I'm my, my opinion is I'm looking for badasses, so I want to see badasses. Mm. I don't want to see Barbie doll style. Because mm. at the end of the day, you're a wrestler. Mm. You're not a Barbie doll, you're a wrestler. Yeah, so you don't think wrestlers should be glamorous? No, I don't. Mm. And I suppose, in a way, Carmen was always glamorous in a sense, but more kind of... Before she was glamorous, she, she was fabulous. Like She would always come out dancing on the stage and, mm. and now it's just all this serious, tough woman drinking champagne. Yeah, but she's still got that glamorous thing going on, but more kind of posher. Whereas mm. her other kind of persona was more... Um, Matter is money. I'm trying to think of it. Um, yeah, she, she was kind of a bit of a Instagram bimbo kind of persona. <laughs> you can imagine that. <laughs> but when you say posher... Mm. You won't see a posh woman go into a wrestling ring and fight, would you? Well, no, but that's you the persona. Because I mean? yeah, she's drinking the champagne and acting all fancy. Well, that's it. But that doesn't go with the wrestling. You're not fancy. You're, you're a wrestler. You get where I'm coming mm, from? I do. You're there to wrestle. You're not there to stand there and look pretty and drink champagne. I think the point of the personas, though, is to kind of make you go... Oh, you're a, you're an irritating person. We want you to lose. So she's a, she's a bit of what you'd probably call an an annoying heel. Yeah. So oh, she I thinks she's wonderful. Yeah. Mm. Let's hope she gets her ass kicked. Mm. <laughs> That's the idea of it. Mm. I suppose it's a bit like with Ric Flair in the old days when he used to rant about how rich he was and how glamorous his lifestyle was and everyone thought oh you prick and then he got his ass kicked and was like yes <laughs> um, so moving on to the next one it was the new day versus the hurt business what are your views on that Max it was a good match and all I knew at some point the you know, new day had to lose their titles because they can't keep, keep a hold of them and not defend them as much as possible. And plus, the Hurt Business have had pushes with recent matches. So you knew at some point they are going to get a tag team shot anyway. And for them to actually win it, it was like, now we probably won't see gyrate and hips all the time when they, they talk about them being the world champions. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's definitely a contrast between um, the New Day and Hurt Business because um, the New Day are well established, whereas the Hurt Business are up and coming, and the New Day are very silly and fun, but also very skillful. Um, whereas the Hurt Business, again, very skillful. But they take themselves very seriously and they're about going out there and kicking ass rather than trying to entertain the audience. So that's an interesting thing. What do you think, Mandy? Uh, I don't like... I mean, I know it's their image and it's what they do, but gyrating your hips and rubbing yourself against the, the ring... <laughs> It's not something that I really want to see when I'm watching a wrestle. When I want to watch them wrestle, I'm not there to watch them gyrate the ribs and and do that. I'm watching them. I'm there to watch them fight. And I do think sometimes little things like he did was can be quite offensive to some people. Not me personally. Yeah. But some people could see that quite sexually offensive, mm-hmm. especially when you're rubbing yourself against a rope. It's just not a thing you do in a ring. Yeah, well, they, they had a similar kind of situation in the Attitude Era. It got quite rude then, and I think people probably look back now and cringe at it. Mm. Um, I mean, especially with the DX and their suck it thing. That was dodgy, to say the least. <laughs> it certainly was. Well, I may have seen that. You had um, Jerry the King Laura in the Attitude Era. He didn't really care as much. He'd turn around to every big, busty female wrestler and go, Oh, puppies. He was definitely yeah. a chauvinist, wasn't he? Yeah. His persona, at least. I don't know what it's like in yeah. real life. And I think as well, when you've got children watching as well, yeah, which is a big issue, especially if you've got little girls watching and you've got a guy rubbing himself against a rope and that. A young child is not there to watch the wrestling. They're not mm. there to watch someone rub themselves against a rope That's and it can quite. be quite offensive to people. And in those tight outfits, you don't want to get a hard on. Not really. <laughs> not really. Not for everybody, for Tom, Dick and Harry to see. Oh, dear. Okay. So, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Oscar and Charlotte Flair. Why are you biting your finger? <laughs> <laughs> You have something to say. I can see it in your face. <laughs> if you can see the tension, you'd know. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Charlotte Flair is a good wrestler. I'll, I'll admit that. She's quite good as a wrestler. She's quite athletic. But I think she's a bit of a Barbie doll at the same time. <laughs> um, I mean, I've noticed against the last, but... I'm not looking for the Barbie doll style of person. You're not going to get a Barbie doll wrestling somebody and acting a badass. It doesn't work. No good standing there pretty looking like a Barbie doll and then, you, and then you're a badass fighting. To me, that doesn't make sense. She's the Barbie badass. Yeah, Barbie badass. Well, the ba- badass Barbie. You know, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and she comes across 
Barbie-like, like she wants to be like Barbie in some ways. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's a great wrestler, she, she, she's very athletic, I've noticed against her. But my opinion on it is, if it was me that wrestling, I won't come out like a Barbie, just like a Barbie, I'm there to fight. I'm not there to look pretty and, and what have mm. you. So you'd be more like Baszler? I would be a badass, a proper badass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's your view on things, match? It was a good match, but could have been sped up a bit more because I understand larger women wrestlers don't move angelically like all the other ones do. And then knowing that they were going to fight each other and not really knowing that Charlotte Flair was going to come back because it could have been Kyrie Sane who was taken out by Shayna Baszler. I thought there might have been a reunion of Kabuki Warriors mm. or at least Paige or someone like that, but I didn't really put Charlotte Flair into the equation. Neither did I. I wasn't expecting her. I was very excited when she turned up because I haven't seen her in ages and she's one of. I'd say she's probably my favourite female wrestler. So it's definitely exciting to see her return. And going back to the Kabuki Warriors, Warriors you were saying earlier, um, before the podcast, that um, Shayna Baszler injured her and she had to go away. Is that right? No, put her on the shelf, so to say. But then she came out in said that she was retiring. Really? Because of the injury? Yep. That Shayna Baszler caused? Now, if she had come back instead of Charlotte Flair to reunite with Oscar, that would have been one hell of a grudge match, getting revenge for that injury. Well, there kind of was a grudge match anyway, because if you see when Charlotte's in the ring, she waves that Shayna Baszler because... It was Shayna that put Charlotte Flair out for that amount of time. Oh, really? Because you, you can hear it from the, the commentator saying about it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, Charlotte Flair did bring some aggression to that match, and maybe that was why. Interesting. The revelations. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so the TLC match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. It was worth the wait match because you could. That's not Stone Cold coming, by the way. <laughs> there was a clash of bottles <laughs> rather than smashing of glass. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Owens wanted a fight, he got a fight. But anytime you see the tribal chief in the ring you know Jay's gonna follow suit so he came in halfway through the match and they they both went at each other with everything they've got to one point Kevin set set Roman up for a spear he thought he was going to get it but 
Kevin moved out of the way and took the safety barrier down from his dramatic spear. And then he went back and forth, going up the ladder to the last point where Kevin Owens was about to reach it. Roman goes up, up the ladders, sees a, an opening, and gives him a nut shot. Oh, Superman nut shot. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. You wouldn't want to get hit in the bollocks by Superman, would you? Not really. You definitely want, want, wouldn't want your scrotum to be used like a speed bag. I'm going to say Superman. it'd be about 12 blows before it's a blow, wouldn't it? <laughs> <sighs> Speed of lightning. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's something I could have a go at. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I felt sorry for Kevin Owens because he would have been sore. He still is sore, let's be honest. He's going to be in bed clutching himself. <laughs> That's where the drink, the blue balls come from. <laughs> well, I don't see that ending anytime soon. <laughs> be more, more feuds going on until he gets his title. What, Kevin Owens? Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to keep watching to see what happens. So the final match, and this was the big exciting one, the Inferno match between The Fiend and Randy Orton. And this was very different, but because there was no real audience, um, instead of having the fire around the ring, they had the fire on the barricade and there were these big sort of, sort of, what would you call it? I say spiral pole. Yeah, they had these big long poles of fire, so it, it looked dramatic. It I looked, wish you'd have watched it. Oh, we'll show it to you. Don't worry. We um, <laughs> we um, we will show you. Don't you worry. It looked like hell. Yeah, you would have thought it was a a cane match. My type of match, proper badass. Inferno match, yeah. yeah. Two proper badasses, Randy Ooh. Orton and the Fiend, definitely. I love a bit of badass. You're getting very excited. I do. I like a bit of badass. <laughs> would you like to run us through that match, Max? They got into the ring. And we started doing the gravels, which at one point you got, you got yourself thinking, oh, where's this fire? It's not on the rings. Mm -hmm. And then all you could see was these black spiral poles staring in the universe. And as soon as, as, soon as the fiend put his hands up, Put down. It was like you done a massive super move, and the flames went went really high. Yeah. Wow! Shut up. That was a lot like Kane. That was the way he did that, raising his arms and then bringing them down to set the fire up. And to to Randy to be standing there thinking, "What the hell have I got myself into?" Because he went back and forth trying to set them alight. Mm. So at one point, the fiend gets Bray Wyatt's rocking chair, sets it down, gets the gasoline, grapples with Randy for a little bit, 
throws him on the seat, gets the flip lighter, sets the gasoline from where he's standing on fire for that split second for Randy to go right, I need to get off here now because that flame is quickly getting to me. Darting out the chair, watching that go up. Wow. And then going back and forth with around the ring to the point where he sets the fiend on on fire. So he thinks, oh, I could do more. So he gets him back in the ring, beats him up a bit more. Then he goes back out again, gets the gasoline, pours it over the female, he's still lying down. Mm. Then gets a match and then just sets him up like a bonfire. Wow. It was shocking, it really was. Now, if I remember correctly, Bray Wyatt was still on fire and he climbed into the ring and Randy Orton RKO'd him, which put the fire out. And then Randy Orton got the fuel, poured it all over him, set him alight, and it was like, how is he going to survive that? It's not shocking. It's exciting. In your twisted mind, yes, it is. I love that idea. But that's what makes the entertainment, Mm. because people are going to be sat there... I know they're not sat there in the ring around, but they're sat there on them tellers and they're thinking, wow, what a spectacular performance. It was a spectacle. And that's what you want. You want that to get people's attention. Well, you just don't get the attention. It certainly got my attention, that's it for sure. It certainly <laughs> would get my attention as well. I thought it was Charlotte Flair that got your attention. Well, that as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Charlotte Flair gets your attention. Even when I'm sat next to you, she gets your attention. <laughs> Bit of jealousy there, I think, perhaps. Uh, no, Mandy doesn't get jealous, I'm afraid. Mandy's not the jealous type. You could do what you want and I don't get jealous. Yeah. Well, You've more chance of me um, choke slamming you. What, than getting jealous? Yeah. Are you sure you won't be choke slamming me <laughs> because you're jealous? No, no, I'm not cold, Andrew. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, I love you, not Charlotte Flair. <laughs> That's what he says on here, <laughs> and in real life. Not that the podcast isn't real life. This is a real life thing happening as we speak. But you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> getting distracted. I want to know. How on earth did Bray Wyatt survive being set on fire? Mm-hmm. I would say, the, the, I mean, obviously they'd have had to rehearse all this before they started anyway. So they'll have had some rehearsals mm-hmm. and they would have doused him in something before he went on anyway. And I reckon that his clothing, even though it was his outfit, that would have been fireproof, I would mm-hmm. think, because they wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah, they would have used some sort of fire retardant. They would, yeah. Still, it's still a hell of a risk. Oh, it's fantastic. It's what you want. You want to be on the edge of your seat. You want to be gripping your jaw. You want to be really, whoa. That's what it's all about. It's no good having a wrestling match and it's just wrestling and that's it. Mm. You want excitement. Well, absolutely, I agree with you. But think of the mentality of the people 
who put themselves at such risk just to entertain people. But they know what they're doing before they do it. Mm -hmm. It's like I've said to you before, it's like a motorcycle race, racer. They go out on that bike knowing that any time soon they could come off that bike and die, and crash and die. So it's the same thing, and they're doing it in that ring because they have a passion for what they do, and they believe, because they have that passion, they want to show their audience uh, entertainment. Because it's not just about the wrestling, it's about entertaining your audience as well. Mm. Because if you don't entertain your audience, they're not going to watch. Yeah, yeah, you've got to respect them because it is serious dedication. And it's a serious dedication, but it's also they, they'll have done a lot of rehearsing before they've done it. Mm. I, I can imagine the scene at the end after the camera switched off. The fireman rushing in with the extinguishers, spraying him, all the uh, mist going everywhere. Mm. And then they'd come to his aid, sort of paramedics, I should imagine, yeah. just to be certain he's okay. Yeah, oh, can you imagine? Oh, I wished I were there. That would be dramatic. I'd love to be there and watch it. You really? Know. Oh, yeah. What, the sort of aftermath? Yeah, the aftermath of it, yeah. Wow. It would, it would have been intense, definitely. I'm a badass, you know. I wonder if they make a documentary about the aftermath of that match. They probably will, actually. That would be really interesting. I'd watch that. I think they will do because people will want to know. People will be questioning. Mm. How have they done that? How's, how have they got that to be like that? Yeah. I mean, look at the old Undertaker uh, things when he was in the coffin and stuff like that. They showed the aftermaths of that, didn't they? And, and stuff like that in his interviews. Mm. And people are going to question it, aren't they? They're going to be sat there, oh, how have they done this? You know, this is amazing. How have they managed to do that? And, you know, so I think he'll probably do a documentary or, or something like that, like Undertaker has, mm. and put that into it or some kind of thing after. They might, because these documentaries on the WW Network are becoming popular, I presume. I really like them. Mm. But the question is, would it take away the magic? No. no? Never. Never. No. You can't take away the magic of something that they've done like that. I'm going back to Undertaker. Mm. I've seen what they do. I've seen how they do it with Undertaker and stuff like that when he's in the coffin and everything. But the magic is still there. And if you're a big believer of wrestling and you enjoy it and you've got a passion for that, mm. you cannot take that that magic away from a fan. It never goes. Mm. Brilliantly said. Anything to sum up, Max? I have noticed they never seem to say anymore, do not try this at home mm. or at school, or even the, the wrestlers saying it to you. It's like it's on there. So any kid can watch that and go, oh, they've not told me not to do it. And some some person going on a, off what they've seen and go, well, they could do it on TV, so I thought I'd give it a try. Mm. Oh, my God. But do you not think children are a bit more educated today to be sensible that way? Yeah, I think they are. But I think it's just my nostalgia for seeing that bit on the TV when it says warning do not copy these at home yeah. it's like that's nice that they're thinking of us 
Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I always liked that bit. I'm trying to think how it went. What is it? Watch them, believe in them, cheer for them, but leave the action to them. Do not try this at home. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been a good fun chat. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. We'll do an un- we'll do another one next week. Bye. Bye.